That was awesome. That was awesome, and I'm falling apart over here. In a lot of ways. That ever happened to you? Have you ever fallen apart? That's all, that's, that can be a good thing. And it could be a, it could be a bad thing. So there's a clip right here to my, <laughs> to my back. Anyways, don't, don't mind me. Don't mind me. You know that, uh, that God has a way of, of speaking to us where we need to be spoken to. Amen? He's got, he's got a way of just reaching us where we need to be reached. And that skit was so powerful because it talks about truth versus distortion of truth. And how the word of truth, Jesus being the living word, will speak truth into our lives instead of all the voices that we're hearing outside of God that will tell us that we're ugly or that we are unloved or that there's no purpose for our lives. And, uh, and that's the furthest thing from the truth because the truth is that God has an amazing plan for each of us. And so I want to start out by saying, you know, Living Word Chapel, why do we exist as a church? Why are we here? You ever thought about that? Why? We're here to, to bring glory to God. Amen? We're here to, to make disciples of, uh, of all that the people that God will bring into the, into the doors or into our lives because the the church is not a building. The church are God's people. Amen? The ecclesia of God, you know, where we get the word iglesia in Spanish. Ecclesia is those that have been called out of the world. We've been called out and brought into this wonderful relationship with our Father in heaven. And there's nothing like it. But Living Word Chapel, when we think about it, we exist to love, to empower, to transform people with and through the living word. When we read the, the, you know, the pages in the, in, the, in the Bible, they're more than just print that men put together. They're God-breathed. God put his breath into these words, and they're transforming. They reveal to us what love is really about. They are empowering. They empower us to do the things that we could never, we could never do alone. And I just believe with all of my heart, as I talk to the second service in person and I talk to the online service, the online campus, I believe that God has a word for someone here today. And that word is a word of, of love. To meet you where maybe you feel unloved. A word of power. Where you feel powerless. You walked in the, the, the service, or maybe you walked and turned on your, your, uh, your television or watching on, on a smart device. You may feel unloved, but you need to know that God loves you. Not only does he love you, but he loves you so much. You're so loved that he gave Jesus for you. And then there's transformation. There's, there's, that, there's that work that only the Holy Spirit can produce that can change us to be people that that God called us to be, not, not people that the world has called us to be. Here's what God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, I mean, I'm sorry, the prophet Isaiah. This is God speaking. He said, he said, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, some translations say void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. In other words, God never speaks a word into anyone's life that will not accomplish his will. And his will for you is good. His will for you is for you to, to understand his great love, the great power that he has, and, and the transforming power that he has. In fact, this is the, what the writer of Hebrews said in, in chapter 4, verse 12. He says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It has the power to deal with your spiritual needs. 
And it has the power to change your physical desires and needs as well. You see, God has the power. God's word has, has the power to go so deep down into, into the spiritual part. See, the spiritual will manifest in the physical. Someone that, that feels ugly will, will manifest that by the way that they act. By the way that they live, they, they begin to have ugly lives. Someone that feels unloved will do anything for love. And their life will manifest that. Think about what you've done in the name of love. And what you found is it maybe left you empty because it wasn't God's love. Or maybe you felt like if there was no purpose for your life, you just have no, no purpose. And, and, and you know, so spiritually, you feel like if there's no purpose for your life, so your life reflects, it manifests a purposeless life. But God and his word go deep down into your spirit and it cuts away all the things that the devil has tried to do in your life. It, it cuts away all the things, all the dark things that maybe you, you hide in, that you live hidden. And he begins to work and it does, he does surgery through his word. And he begins to do the deep things in our life and that is manifested in the physical it's manifested how we live out our lives, and it changes us forever. And that's why I believe that God's word is so central. God's word is so central to our lives. God's word is not a holder for, for the table. It's not something we lay on the table. It's not something, you know, I grew up in a, in a household where they had a real big Bible, but they never opened it up. Anyone ever been there? And, and, and you know, you could, it was big enough that you could probably hold the door. It could be a doorstop. It never opened up. But when I opened the Bible up from, for the first time and I began to read the word of truth, it began to change my life. And it will change your life. It's the only thing that will change your life. And so we're going to go to Psalm 119. It's, a, it's, a, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, this psalm. King David is writing there in the psalm, and, he, and, and what he, the whole thrust of this, of this psalm is how the word of God is our foundation, how the word doesn't change. And that's very important. That's very, very important because things around us are constantly changing. Philosophies are constantly changing. Opinions are constantly changing. Religions are constantly changing, but God's truth never changes. Let's just think about some things that change. There's a gender war. There's a gender war. You know, people are trying to figure out what gender you are. They're even saying, you know what, when you're, when you're four years old, you know, you, you can't tell them what gender they are. You know, they got to figure, figure that out for themselves. A three or four-year-old, they can't even figure out if they want macaroni and cheese or a grilled cheese. Amen. God's not scratching his head wondering what gender we are. God's word doesn't change. There's this eth ethnical war. There's this, this ethnicity and all the, the, the war that goes on with races. Well, God's, God understands that, that all of us came from one person. All of us have a, a, a relationship toward each other, and, there, and that relationship can only be through God because he formed us to love one another. And so there's no, there's no, you know, wiggle room with God. It's not, there's no gray area. He speaks to us. He speaks to every situation where people are confused. And maybe you're in here and you're confused because of all the chatter that doesn't matter that's going on around us. Here's what you need to know. His word has never changed. You know, I, I hear people sometimes say, well, you know what, we're in 2021. Things have changed. Can I tell you, things really don't change. People are still needy. People are still dealing with the same things over and over. When it says, you know, the, the commandments, God said, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Put no other before him. He says that because it's good for us, because he formed us. He made everything, the whole cosmos, the whole universe. And because when we put anything before God, it takes us to the wrong place. And then he says, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That doesn't change. Why, why does God tell us to love our neighbors like we love ourselves? Because it's good for them. 
and is good for us. We're a lot better people when we're loving others. When God says, do not murder, why does he say that? Because he's a good God, and murder does a lot of bad things to people. When you kill your neighbor, when you kill the person down the street, it doesn't do any good for them. Amen? And when you have those thoughts about killing people, have you ever had a thought about killing people? I've just thought it. I haven't really done it. (laughs) But those thoughts, are they from God? Oh, they're from another entity. When you have a thought, you know, that I'm going to be unfaithful to my husband or, or my wife, you know, all those things. Why, why does God say don't, don't, don't commit adultery? Why, why, does, why would he ever, ever say that? Does he want to keep you from, you know, having great relationships with other people? Or is it because he's good? And he knows how much destruction it causes. Amen? And so, so the word of truth never changes. And I want for us to grab a hold of, the, of this. It's important. Living Word Chapel needs to be a church that is based on his word. You know, we got Polo here with us this morning. We celebrated Polo in between services. Polo's been here since he was a kid. Polo, stand up. You know, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just, I just want people to see you real quick. You know, because Polo's going to the Navy this week. That's why I'm saying that. He's going to the Navy. We love you, bro. We love you. We're going to pray for you right now afterwards. But here's, here's the thing is, as, as, as Polo, when you go to the Navy, here's what you, what you need to know. You're going to have pressure coming from every side. This can be your guide. doesn't have to be. God doesn't force us to read his word. He doesn't, he doesn't make you read his word. But you have the privilege to have his word. He can speak to you every day. And so we're going to Psalm 119, and and we're going to see anchors. We're going to see three anchors from God's word. And the first anchor that I want us to grab a hold of is that God's love is revealed in his word. God's love is revealed in his word. I want you to tell your neighbor, the person sitting by you, I want you to say this, God doesn't want you to be miserable. Have you, have you ever found yourself miserable because of choices in your life? Have you ever made choices in your life and you find yourself miserable because of, of that choice? I, I know that second service, I know it. You guys don't struggle with this. Online campus, you may not be struggling with it, but first service, they have a lot of problems with it. And we make these choices, and, and, and they make us miserable, and, and you find yourself being down on yourself. You've, you, when, you make mis- when you make bad choices, you are down on yourself. You, 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 you walk around condemned. That's not from God. But you're also, you're miserable, but you make the life of the people around you miserable. Here's what you need to know. Grab a hold of this. Write it down. My choices affect other people. People have said to me, well, you know what, those, that, I'm not bothering anyone. Your choices affect someone. And one of the things you must identify is what is saturating your mind? What are you, what are you allowing in your head? That's where the biggest battle is. And here's how the psalmist starts out. Verse 1 of 119, joyful are people of integrity. Another translation says, blessed are those who are blameless. I, I think about integrity as you're honest. You're honest. You don't put a mask on. Churches are notorious for people putting a mask on. At Living Word Chapel, I believe we're pretty good about We don't put a mask on. You, you don't see pastor put a mask on. I am who I am. I need a lot of help. That's why I'm here. I need the help of God every day. I need the help of Jesus. He goes on. He says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. You see, you won't know how to live God's way until you hear the voice of God. 
With all the chatter that's going on in our world, and it's constant, it's changing constantly, you will not know how to live an upright life until you hear the voice of God. Verse 2, joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all of their hearts. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own Understanding, but in every way, in every way that you live, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. If your path is going crooked, then you've got to come back to God with your heart. Amen? Because everything in life is trying to take your heart. Bad relationships, then there's good relationships, but they always start with Jesus. Right? Bad, bad, bad jobs, a, a, a bad situation at your work. And it's trying to take your heart. You, you, mean, you can't even think about anything else. But when you put God as the centerpiece of your life, and you do that by, by hearing him in his word, it changes the way that you live. You become more joyful. Here's verse 3. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his path. The only way for us not to compromise is to have God's word hidden in our hearts. The only way that I don't compromise the things of God, the only way that I don't, I, I don't move in, in, into a direction that's going to lead me compromised, think about it, is the only way that I can live that way is if this becomes a central part of my life. And here's the thing, beloved, when we live a compromised life, again, it's a mask, you'll never be joyful. You'll never walk in the joy of God if you're living compromised. Amen? Think about relationships in general. How can you have a, a good relationship if you're compromised? If Sean and I, in our marriage, if we compromised our relationship, if I did things, if I did things that, I, that, that went against everything that we vowed and everything that we said, our relationship would be a mess. The way that I guard that is I'm in relationship with my wife. The way that I guard my relationship with God is I hear him every day. The only way that we hear him is by being his word. Amen? It's, it's, that, it's that place that we can compare the difference between evil and God. And I'm not even going to say that be, compare the difference between evil and good because there's a lot of things that people can call good that don't line up with God. There's a lot of things going on around us right now that people say are good, but they don't line up with God. And so I want to hear God more than I want to hear people. I want to believe God more than I'm going to believe people. And here's what I want you to know. If I or any other preacher says anything that compromises his word, you listen to his word and not the person speaking. That's why you, it's so important for you guys to be in the word. It's so important for you guys to open up your Bible. It's so easy for us to find a Bible. You can have a Bible app, version, or another one on your phone. You can just get, get you a, I love reading and, and being able to turn the pages, but you don't even have to have a, 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 a paged Bible. But you need to be in the Word. Here's verse 4. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. In other words, the more of God that we have in our lives, the more reflection of God that we're going to live out. The more that the Lord saturates and permeates our life, the more of Jesus is going to come out through our lives, through our actions, through our words. And here's what I know for sure. When he talks about the commands, we, I look at this through the lens of Christ. And the lens of Christ tells us that only Jesus fulfilled all the commandments. Right? But he didn't abolish them. Jesus said, I came to, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. And so I look at it like, like Jesus is, is wanting to work in me and through me so that I can be the best me to other people. And that's what God wants for your life. God, what he wants for your life is he wants for you to be the best you 
for other people. All the other voices, all the other, all the, the other demonic forces are trying to keep you from doing that. Old that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Verse 6, then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. In other words, when I, with the way that I live my life and as I read the word of truth, it begins to, to show me, am I, am I walking in the ways that God would direct for me to walk? Am I believing the promises of God? Am I believing that God has a wonderful plan for my life? You know, and, and that I'm not, I'm not walking in misery anymore. When I walked in the world, I walked in misery. Even my fun times in the world turn into miserable times. Because sin always seems good for a season. And then it has a way to destroy our lives. But praise God for his goodness. He, he, he keeps on going. He says, I also, as I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. And I love this. Here's the grace right here. As King David is writing, you know, please don't give up on me. I, I will live in your decree. That, Lord, I'm going to submit myself to your ways. Lord, but don't give up on me because you know me. You know I fall short. You know I need your mercy. And I need your grace. And that's where love is found. In mercy. And in grace. So there's someone in here today that, that you need to know that God loves you very, very much. And he doesn't want for you to live in misery. He wants the best for you. And the only way you're going to find the best for you is for you to really be intentional about getting in his word. Here's the second, the second anchor. God's word will empower you. Now tell your neighbor real quick so that you can live a victorious life. Tell your neighbor, that's not hard, so that you can live a victorious life. God doesn't want to keep anything good from you or I. Every command is there to keep us from heartache. Amen? Every command that God gives us is to keep us from heartache, from trouble. Why does Pastor James need self-control? Because self-control makes my marriage better. Self-control makes me a better friend. Self-control makes me a better employer an employee. Self-control makes me do things that bring honor to God, and self-control can only be produced by the power of God. Only the Holy Spirit can, can produce this in me. I can't do it in myself. The psalmist put it like this, how can a young person stay pure? And most of us are saying, well, how, how exactly? How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. By, by the word of God being central in your life. And, and let me tell you something. I, I love the way that D.L. Moody put it because it, it makes so much sense. D.L. Moody put it like this. He said, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. Write that down real quick. The Bible has the power to keep you from sin because you'll hear God's voice every day. Amen? Or... Sin will keep you from the Bible. Living, living a life independently of God, once you go that way, it'll keep you. You don't, need to, you don't need the word of God. Anyone in here have difficulty reading your Bible? No show of hands. Can I tell you Why? Because the enemy of your soul doesn't want for you to get in the word. Because once you do, you're going to have victory. Once you do, you're going to have victory. The most important things in your life are going to be the hardest choices for you to make.
When God tells us to obey, he gives us a power to be able to obey. He's given every believer the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in every child of God. When we sang, Abba, I belong to you. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in us. Christ in us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to call on the Father. Abba, Daddy. Think about it. He loves you. He, he wants the best for you. He goes on in verse 10. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. And then verse 11 is one of my favorite. It's, it's a gem in the Bible. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Here, here, here's, this is so important. As you live your life, You've got so many things that have, been, that have been going into your mind. And when you start living a life that's contrary to God, it's because you're believing those, those, those thoughts, those voices that are going on. The only way that you can stop that in your life is to have the word of truth hidden in your heart. And when the word of truth is hidden in your heart, then you can filter those thoughts and say, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. I'm a child of God. Then you can walk in the purposes of God. And it'll change your life. And you'll walk in the grace of Jesus. You'll walk in the, in the peace of Jesus. You'll walk in the joy of God. See, beloved, what you need to know is that God's plan for you is so very good. It's so very good. It's, it, it's so much better than what you could ever do on your own. Here's what he says in verse 12. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. There's something powerful there. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your ways. Here's the secret for victory in your life. Praise always comes before petition. The praise of God always comes before you ask of God. You want to change your relationship with the Father, you, you begin to praise him. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for who you made me. Thank you, Father, for, for how amazing you are in my life. Thank you, Lord God, that you are worthy of all of my attention right now. I know you have a good plan for my life before I ever ask for the things that I have going on. And God knows everything that's going on in my life. He knows every circumstance, all the difficult situations that I'm facing. He knows all of that, but he also wants to know that, I'm, that he's bigger than anything that I'm facing. And the more attention that I give to the things in my life, if I, give, if I bring those things, Lord, help me with, with this situation, help me with this relationship, help me with this and this and this, and I just bring all this, I'm putting more attention on that than I am on the one who's worthy of my praise. If you change that, and you say, I will praise you, and then teach me your, your ways. And you know what his ways are? His ways are this. Don't worry. He's in control. I've had a situation that I've been dealing with, and, and, and I'm telling you, when I, when, I, when I hone in on that situation, it steals my, my peace. And I came to the place where I began to recognize, see, the Lord gives us discernment through his word. And I began to recognize that that situation, I was giving it more precedence than God. And I was thinking about it, and I began to say, you know what? I don't have to think about this before I think about the Lord, and I give the Lord praise. When you get up in the morning, give God praise, and it'll change your day. It'll give you power to live. Here's verse 13. I have recited aloud all the regulations that you have given us. There is power in speaking truth out loud over our lives. How many, how many of you, when you read or, when, or, or you just will speak the word of God out loud? There's power in that. When I first came to Jesus, I came out of a lot of stuff. 
I had, a, I had a lot of stuff in my life. I had a lot of unfaithfulness. That's one facet. I had a lot of, uh, of, of just um, pride. I had a lot of machismo full of myself. All of those things. God took all that away. But the way that he took it is he brought people into my life that helped me. And they taught me to speak the word of truth out loud in my life. And there, were, there, were, there was a time early in my walk where I would get up and I would speak God's word out loud. And it began to change me from my mind to my heart to my actions. A declaration of the goodness of God. I'm telling you, if you want to change some patterns in your life, those patterns of, of, of we all have the kryptonite, amen? We all have those things that, that weaken us. You want to change that, begin to declare the truth of God in your life. And it'll change you from the inside out. Verse 14, he says this. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I have rejoiced in your direction and your guidance, Lord, as much as all the riches that I have in, in, in my life. You know, when you're driving your new truck, when you're driving your, your awesome vehicle, you know, and you, and, and you can say, thank you, Lord, for what you've given me. But, Lord, thank you that you're directing my steps today. Thank you that you care enough about me, Lord, to give me truth for every day. To speak to me in my situation, to speak to me in my circumstance. I will study your commandments, verse 15, and I will reflect on your ways. Not only will I study the word and I'll begin to, to see, Lord, what you're speaking to me. And here's what I want you to know. When you read the Bible, at first it may, it, it, it's difficult. But as you read, it, it's just going to click. And you're going to say, oh, I get it. I get it because God wants to speak to you. And then your, your reading becomes studying. And then your studying becomes meditation. And you begin to meditate and let the word of God just really begin to filter your thoughts in your life. I will delight, verse 16, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. I will delight in what you have to say to me, Lord. I'll get excited about what message you're going to speak to me today. And I won't forget your word. How many of us, we know that we need to write things down or we'll forget you're going to the store, and, and you, know, you know you better write things down because if I go into the store and I go to aisle three where the ice cream is at, the focus, the focus just goes out. And you, go and, you, and, you, and you go to that one place, you hone in, and you pick up what you want, right? And you forget what you need. It's like that with the Word of God. Do yourself a favor. Begin your day by, number one, reading the word, amen, and then jotting some things down. There are promises in God's word that help us. You know, I can do all things through Christ who will give me strength. I can live in a, a, a abounding life or I can live in an abasing life. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I can do all things through Christ. My wife used that on me yesterday. Yeah, because we're remodeling the bathroom, and we remodeled the whole bathroom, and we got to the end, and I had to do the, you know, the, the last, last pieces of it. And she, she said, you can do this. And I said, no, I can't. No, I can't. I don't want to. I not only can't, I can't do it, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> and you know what Shauna said? She went back to the Word, and she says, you can do all things through Christ how can I fight that and guess what I did I finished it Here, here's the third anchor God's word will transform your life tell your neighbor this so that you can experience a new you how, who would love for you to say the former things are behind me the bad choices that I made are behind me. I'm new in Christ. You know, the, 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 things that, the things that I did that were just 
very bad decisions, the things that made me miserable that I don't even want to think about and made other people miserable they don't even want to think about. Those things are behind me because of the transforming power of Jesus Christ. When we come to God, we come to God in a desperate state. But God has a power to turn desperation into beauty. He did that for the creation with, with Adam and Eve. You know, Adam, he formed him out of the dust. He formed him out of the dust and he made him this, this man, right? And then he <laughs> breathed life into him. Think about that thought. Look at what the psalmist says in verse 25. We're going to go to verse 25. He says, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I lie in the dust. Have you ever felt so, have you ever felt like dirt in your life? You ever felt like, man, I, there, there's just no purpose for me. I just, there's not, it, my life is not worth living. The psalmist says, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. Jesus is a living word. He wants to give you life. He wants your life to mean something. Verse 26, I told you my plans and you answered. Teach me your decrees. God wants to answer you. You know, how many of you have big decisions to make and you're saying, you know, I'm going to do this because I think this is the right thing to do. I'm going to do this because I think that's the right thing to do. I'm going to do this. Have you said, Lord God, you direct my steps. Because I know that God knows what you should be doing. Not even a doubt. God knows what you should be doing. Verse 27, help me, help me understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. Help me understand, Lord, what, what, what this means. There's, there's some things in scripture that may be difficult for us, but God wants to help you understand. God doesn't want to keep anything from you. You know, every, every Sunday morning we, we come here at the elders and we pray at 7 o'clock, and, and Tim Wilson, one of our elders, he'll, he'll bring something from the Word, and, and we'll meditate on that. And Tim's always bringing nuggets. We meditate. We, 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 we want to understand more and more of God. And then he goes on to this, verse 28. I weep with sorrow. It's like the Holy Spirit is quickening David. It says, I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. So this has the power to transform us. It has the power to encourage us. And so when you open up the scripture, it's going to speak encouragement into your life. It's going to make you better because you're going to hear God. And this, I love verse 29. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. What are, what are some lies that we tell ourselves? I don't need God. I can do it. I, I, I'm okay. Right? The pride of life. I, 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 I have, if I just get the next best thing, I'm going to be happy. Right? That's a lie. We're lying to ourselves. That's what, the lust of the eyes. The, the more money I make, the more, the more you know, likes I get on social media, you know, all these strokes, you know, the, all these can stroke our ego, you know, other the more sexual partners that I have, you know, I'm going to get pretty deep. The more I'm going I'm to be happier, it's going to be better for me. But the reality is that that's a lust of the flesh, and you'll never satisfy the lust of the flesh. Amen? How do I know that? Because the word of truth. And so here's what I want you to know. None of these will fill the void that you have in your life. You'll still have an emptiness in your life without Jesus. You still will be empty if you don't have God. Verse 30, he says this, I have chosen to be faithful. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. Think about how powerful that is. Do you remember last week? The, the, the more I thought about last week's message, I don't know about if you guys thought about it, the more I thought about what the Lord spoke to us last week, 
the more that it, it made so much sense. Last week we talked about the greater choice is always the harder choice, but it's always the wiser choice. Are you with me? Your wisest choice in your life are going to be are going to be the most difficult choices in your life because they're going to be the greater choices in your life. And the only way that you can choose wisdom is by hearing God's voice as you navigate through life. But it's not easy to read your Bible. It's not easy. Amen? The word, of, the, the, the word of God, the Bible is called the bread of life. Now think about it. Why do we eat every day? Because we need to be nourished, right? Because we, we, we need to be built up. Now think about it. When you come to church once a week and you never open up your Bible, you're hearing his word one hour out of your week. Is that enough to keep you nourished? Is that enough to keep you built up? I'm just telling you some, some, some spiritual logic here. If you eat of the bread of life every day, I guarantee that you will be better this year. I guarantee it. I guarantee that you will be wiser this year. I guarantee that you'll be more loving this year. I'll end with these two scriptures as, as he's in verse 31. He says, I cling to your laws. I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. I hold on. I'm not, I'm not going to let him go. I will pursue your commands for you to expand my understanding. As you hold on to God's word, as you begin to open up the Bible and, and, and begin to read it, I guarantee that the Lord's going to meet you and he's going to open up your understanding and he's going to open up your heart to his love and things are going to begin to take place in your life that only God can do. Think about all the voices that you're hearing. Do those voices influence people? These gender wars, are they influencing people? Look at public bathrooms. They have been changed because of someone hearing a voice and a message. Think about the ethnic, the ethnic battles that are going on and all the hatred. Think about what they give this, this month right here. They're celebrating something this month. They give it full attention. It has to do with rainbows. They're giving it full attention, full allegiance. And what I'm saying, and you know what? It's, it's, as far as I'm concerned, they can do that. But here's what I know for sure. This is the most important message. This is what doesn't change. And if, and if we don't, hear me now, if we don't intentionally make this the greatest source of our lives, we will be influenced by everything else around us. And this church will not stand for that through the power of Jesus Christ. Because we're a church, we're a church that chooses to love, empower, and transform people with and through the living word. And I believe that addictions are broken through the power of Jesus. I believe that unfaithful people are made faithful through the power of Jesus. I believe that, that, that a Mexican and a, and a white and an African American can love each other through the power of Jesus. And I believe that it's only through the power of Jesus that our world will be changed. Not because I said it, but because this is the word of truth. And the word of truth does not lie. So let's pray. I believe God's brought every person here. 
And if you're watching online, God has he's brought you to this place to hear this message. But this message means nothing without a response. You see, God loves you. And he's extending a hand to you. But he's waiting for you to grab a hold of his hand. He's waiting for you to embrace his love so that he can come and change your life for good. And that, that all, everything happens when you say yes to Jesus. Saying yes to him just means you're going to make him Lord of your life. That you're, you've come to the end of yourself and you need a savior in your life. And so I want to invite you right now. I want to pray a prayer for you to welcome the love of Christ in your life and in your heart. If this is you, just pray with me. Just say, God, I am tired of trying to do life on my own. Today I admit that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of his forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe he died for my past sins, for my present sins, and my future sins. And I believe that he rose again on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And so today I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want all heads to be bowed. I'm going to take a moment right now. This is God, this is God, God time. So I believe there are people in here in this, in this second service that today you gave your life to Jesus. Today you're saying yes to Jesus. And if you did, just raise your hand so that we can acknowledge that, just you and the pastor, and especially you and God. And if you did that on, online, we just want you to take this time to do the same. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. You guys can look at me. Praise God. So here's the thing. The greatest step we can ever take is a step toward God. Amen. And embracing his love and embracing his, his, his plan for our lives and I just believe that, that God is not done. This service is concluding, but God's still continuing to work in all of our lives. And his work is always good. So God bless you. Let's stand up and let's worship our king. Don't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance. Exodus of my heart As you found me You freed me Held back the waters From my release Oh Yahweh For the
awesome week. God bless you. You were made